Thanks for tuning in to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast. And as winter is upon us, we wanted to reach out to local authors, local artists, to ask them for, I suppose, advice, maybe insights into how they have been able to maintain their motivation, how they've been able to keep on creating whatever they are up to, whether it is novels or paintings or songs. We wanted to get inside of their heads because this has been a challenging time for everyone. The news and everything that we're taking in on social media has been overwhelming and just foreboding sometimes. So that when we do want some maybe escapism, if that is the right word, it can be challenging to get into that creative mode. So today we are talking to acclaimed author, former Ferndale resident, Metro Detroit-based author and musician, Josh Mallerman, creator of Bird Box, recently released the sequel novel to Bird Box, Mallory. And we're going to be talking to Josh about how, how he has continued doing what he does, which is writing novels. During the pandemic, he was actually able to finish two novels in this time, which may sound extraordinary, but he has some very sound advice for anyone out there who is finding it a little more difficult to just get into whatever they do, even if it is a hobby. Josh Mallerman has some advice for you. Thanks for tuning in. Here's our interview. Uh, Josh Mallerman, thank you for joining me on the podcast here. Yes. Hello. This is awesome. I reached out to you and I've reached out to several artists and authors because the winter is upon us. Quarantine has not gone away and uh, it just made me very concerned that we would fall into a bit of disenchantment. We would fall into a bit of weariness. We would fall into a bit of just finding it hard to go forward. So I wanted to reach out to some of the most creative people we know and sort of pick their brain on how they've been able to sustain creativity and, and, and motivation. And so this is, I'm asking you to think back on an eight month period, yeah, wow. but, uh, you know, I think we could start with how shutdown started in March and you started releasing chapters of a book, right? Tell us about that. Well, okay. So I had planned on writing, um, Carpenter's farm in April. Okay. And I made this decision in January or something. Sometimes it works that way where you, you, you would know too, where you're like, you decide to do it, but not this second, but you're like, I will do this in April. I'll do this in December, whatever it is. And then, and, and I had tried Carpenter's farm once before I made it actually 40,000 words deep, which as you know, is a lot. And it was all wrong and boring and blah, blah, blah. So in January, I had an idea of how it should go. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this in April. Then between January and April, everything started to shut down. Alice and I were at the gym regularly and we saw on TV that the NBA cancels its season and stuff like that. And we were like, whoa, this is the NBA has canceled their season. Like, that was the teller for everybody. That's when we all knew. It, yeah. Bizarrely, it was right. Because it was this like billion dollar industry was like, no. And, and we were like, oh, boy, OK, I guess this is real. And so. <sighs> I kind of said to myself, Hey, if you're going to be locked down, you're planning on writing a book anyway, let's just get 
through these couple months, because I think a lot of us thought it would be a few months, maybe something like that. But then I started seeing online people struggling with money, people saying, where can I, you know, um, if the library closes, where do I get free books? Can I still get a curbside from the library? Can I, do you know of um, any great deals on uh, Kindle, stuff like that? So I was like, hey, if I'm going to write this anyway, and I have no idea when this book would come out because Mallory was slated to come out in July. Right. We didn't even mention that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea. Like if I wrote this, it could be years. So someone reads it. Why not post it, you know, give it away for free on my website as I do it. And this was partly responsible for the um, webmaster who called to ask if I had a replacement for the free short story that was up there. And I was like, no, I don't have a replacement. I don't feel like writing another one. I feel like writing this novel. Let's do this. So we did it. And at the time it felt like, all right, we're getting through this, this lockdown, this pandemic. And again, we, I thought it was going to be a, a couple months, a few months, you know, I mean, most people thought that. And I remember, so it took about a month to do it, to write the book live, Carpenter's Farm. Um, it's still on the website right now for free and will be forever. Um, but, you know, it started at the end of that month. It felt like, like immediately, immediately I had the sensation of, oh, now what? We're still in lockdown. So that was in what, May or something when right. I finished? I don't know. And it was like, oh boy, we still got, you know, how, how many more, a couple more months of this, but now I'm not writing a book. Then time starts to pass and we begin to realize, oh, wait a minute. Nobody's in charge of this. Mm -hmm. Nobody's, and we don't have to go into all that, but we understand sure, that sure. No, nobody's helping here. Yeah. And we're not really helping ourselves. So when is this going to end? And fortunately, like in a way, I'm the luckiest um, person in the world in this way because I write books from home. Right. So not that I, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm always out and about and hosting people and stuff. Exactly. Which is a big part of my life and my personality. Sure. But okay, I could write, I can stay at home. I could rewrite, I could work on stuff. We don't have kids, um, meaning that like we didn't have to worry about the school side of it. Um, so, and that might sound like, um, what's it called? What's the right word um, that I'm looking for? That might sound even more maddening in a way. All mm -hmm. Allison and I have is each other in this hotel in the winter that we're snowed in, you know? <laughs> yeah, it could have been, a, it very quickly could have turned into the lighthouse and yeah. you, you would have been, or maybe she would have been Willem Dafoe, who knows? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a good, that's a, hmm, I'm going to ask her later. I think I would have been, but anyway, but she is actually Northern. So anyway, so time passes and I end up working on, um, I had to write another book for, okay. We release, um, Mallory. Kind of a July, big deal. So I had that. So I had writing Carpenter's farm release. In other words, artistic projects to look forward to throughout the lockdown. Then at the end of Mallory, then it was like, now what? Uh oh. And I owed Delray the next book. I pitched them this other idea. They said yes. And I wrote that one. And that was a different experience because this was no longer live. We're at the beginning of this lockdown. Now it was like, it was almost like you're descending like the rings of hell. And now it's like, now you're writing a book at level seven or something, you know? That's got to feel weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was. It was like, it, because everyone here obviously um, was distracted or focused on the election and the pandemic and all sure. this. Like, there are so many things to be freaked out by, distracted by. And, but for some reason with me, it's almost like, you know, how when you're like, 
oh, I don't feel like watching a movie, but once you start it, you can get into it. Or I don't, or maybe I'm not tired, but when you lay down, you can fall asleep. Or I don't feel like running, but once you start, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I did. And that's what Forever Since Breakfast was like for me. That was like, at first I was like, man, am I really going to write another book? And, and, it, and it doesn't even speak to how prolific I am that, um, that I wrote two novels in lockdown. It speaks to how long this experience has been. There is that, yes. I mean, it's like I typically write a book six months later. Well, here we are. So that all that was natural. But at first, yes, there was a sense of like, wow, are you going to be able to do this right now? This is some heavy shit and your mind is all over the place. And but once it started, I was in it. And that's on. I talked to you. Obviously, you and I were both writing. I'm like in it and regularly going like day by day. Well, I mean, you experienced the same thing with writing. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, how did it help you in that way? Well, I, I was going to ask you this because I tried to write a novel and what I found challenging was, uh, and maybe you could talk talk to this as a creative person, you, let's say you worked on, a, on a given day, you worked on the book for two to three hours. Yep. But you were awake for 12 other hours of that yeah, day. Right. And so you no are... You are awake, conscious Josh experiencing the world, but then you have to get into creative mode. That's what I would find challenging. How about you? Yes, 100%. You know, it's funny, right? You, everyone always says like, oh, how does, how does someone write a novel in a month or how do they write one at all? But very rarely do they ask, what do you do with the other 14 hours a day, the other 15 hours in the day? And, and you're totally right, dude. It was like a constant battle of... Um, oh, hey, I'm writing this book that I started is good. And this is something to be really excited about. Battled with like everything that's going on outside. Mm-hmm. And I, I have kind of my own um, discipline or theory or something on, on with writing a book where I try and, and we talked about this. I try not to do like too much in one day because that can make the next day you take off. And then once you take one day off and maybe I'll take two days off. And then once you have two days off, now it's hard to get back into it. Right. So even if I feel like writing more in the day, I typically will stop at like two or 3000 and be like, okay, that's it for today. Yeah. To ensure that it's done every day. So like you said, three hours, not only is it three hours, but it was three hours of somewhere happier than when you're not there. Mm-hmm. So it was, ex- it was especially tempting to go back in and let's okay, let's just pound out some more. Yeah. But I'm very aware that you, a marathon session as romantic as that sounds can actually end up derailing the writing of a novel. You know what? It sounds like this sounds like we're entering the, maybe the metaphor of meditation because whatever someone's escape might be, it could be baking or quilting or painting. And your part of your message seems to be, you know, you have to bake or quilt or, or paint do that for two hours a day. Uh, but accept and acknowledge that the first half an hour will be challenging because you're getting into yes. your meditation. Yes. You could not have uh, said it better than you just did. Yeah. It's the same exact thing with any like physical exercise workout, mental exercise workout. It's the same for me. It's, it's like verbatim the same thing where to the point where almost every writing session is some sort of, um, trance state mm-hmm. um where, where there where there will come a moment where it's like you're not even you're not even concerned with the actual language itself you're just you're almost reading as you're writing yeah. and you and we've heard that sort of phrase before but don't take that one lightly listeners viewers mm-hmm. because um 
that it really sincerely feels that way. If you don't know, and, and typically with a book, maybe you have some landmark. I mean, some people outline, but for me, I have some landmark moments in mind. And so I want to get from here to there. And I don't know what that means, but let, that's the plan. So without knowing any of those in-between beats, to see them as they come and to accept them each as they come is a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, and well, at some point you're like, it's almost like seeing your fingers and hearing the sound of it and seeing the, um, the, the words fill in the page in front of you almost becomes its own trance yeah. for a couple hours a day. And I think it's worth saying, and I'll say for myself, because I worked on writing while I was in quarantine, but uh, the maybe so, the severe language we could jump to is it, I'll say, it kept me sane. And I would then go on to say to anybody, oh, I'm working on this, but I honestly don't care if anyone reads it. It, right. it is helping me. And right. I think any, yeah. everyone should remember that, whatever you want to work on. Uh, dude, 100%. I have felt that way. Okay, you just, that was a brilliant uh, return segue. Yeah. Carpenter's Farm. Because, so, I wrote it online. And I have, every, you know, all, all the books of mine that are published, I have on my shelf. And if, But I don't have Carpenter's Farm because it's it literally only on the website. And that's where I plan it to stay, for now at least, right? <clears throat> and a friend of mine told me that he could get me, like, an advanced reading copy of Carpenter's Farm. He could make one for me. That's cool. And I know. And I was like, what do you mean? And he explained it to me and he showed me and everything. And I was like, yeah. Four days later, I have it. Here, Here's the advance. It, this says not for sale across the title. It exists. I kind of like that. It makes it some weird thing. It existed ethereally and now it's tangible. Yeah. yeah. So what I said to Philip when I got this was that like, yes, when you, what's the right phrase? Yes, when you you know, uh, Bird Box is published and, and you see it on the shelves and, and Bird Box, the movie, oh my God, and the House of the Head, the, the creep show episode. These things are unbelievable experiences, but literally nothing tops like this. Mm-hmm. When you, the book you wrote and you're holding it for the first time and you're looking at it and you're like, oh my God, yeah, no, these are, yep, these are all words in a row. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, especially if it was written in again, like a sort of trance or meditative state, right. To see it actually there is almost like evidence that, 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 that was all real, what you experienced. Yeah. And you, now that you, you have this artifact of a thing that you created in what, you know, we consider to be dark and challenging times and yep. to go back to the baker or the quilter or the painter, or maybe you are an actual carpenter, uh, you will have something you worked on. Could be a table, could be something you fix. No, it's interesting that you're saying it because Allison for the past couple of weeks has been like reupholstering things and, and like and like like things that I would have thought we were gonna throw out, like this chair, this this weird bench thing that are now like these gorgeous items in our house. She has actually turned to that stuff and she's listening to audiobooks while she does it. And for her, it seems to be meditative also. Mm-hmm. She she's not too um She's obviously aware and um, of everything going on in the world, but she's also she's a natural optimist. So, yeah. So 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 it doesn't. And I bring that up for this reason. I, I never I guess I don't look at writing or the trance state we're talking about or meditation or these things as an escape. I was just about to say that word. And it's more like. 
I do not explain it because I, it's not, I don't want to hear about this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I already heard about this. I already know about this. Right. Now I also want to know and hear about this or experience this. Well, yeah. So you know, some sense of balance there. Absolutely. You're someone who feels the world, who responds to the world. You're compassionate. Yeah. And maybe this is, and for anyone who wants to be creating something during these times, you're taking in all this information every day, social media, news, what have you, and you are absorbing it and so most of it's probably going to be pretty troubling. So then you channel that into something brighter. You're not escaping, you're channeling, yep. right? Yep, 100% agree. And, and even if that's just for the duration of the session, but okay, but seeing that you did that, think about the momentum that creates for yourself. Why? Because mm-hmm. then this all doesn't seem as bleak and hopeless. Like like you don't feel helpless during it. Right. You feel like, no, I can get stuff done. I can create, I can do things of worth rather than just staring at a headline and be like, Oh no. Right. right. Yeah. Well, there is, there is positive escapism that we'll wrap up with. There must be positive escapism in just, uh, reading a good book. You write books, but you must be reading books too, right? Okay. Well that happened for me in a big way at the, be- in the okay. Two landmark moments in this, um, lockdown for me. The first was Terry Brooks because oh. At the beginning of this stuff, the sci-fi guy. Yeah. Yeah. The fantasy sci-fi. Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, he's probably behind you somewhere, but, <laughs> but, but I, at the beginning of this lockdown, I was like, man, I, I've been on a strict horror diet for a long time. And I do I do not know if I'm in the mood for mm-hmm. hardcore horror right now. So I picked up Terry Brooks fantasy novel, um, sort of Shinara. And I was like, it was like, soul balm man because it was just as imaginative as horror mm-hmm. but it without like any brutality without right. any um without the darkness there's scary stuff in there but not the same you know mm-hmm. it was incredible it, he like got me through just like carpenter's farm did that beginning part then you know around like july or something i had to do um uh talk with chuck wendig the author yeah uh, also, I think he wrote a, he's into the Star Wars expanded universe. Yep. He's also a sci-fi yeah. guy. Yeah. Yes. And he wrote a pandemic end times, like a thousand pager called Wanderers that we were supposed to discuss Wanderers. Well, guess what? That means I had to read it. Mm. So here I was in, in Terry Brooks and all that. And like, God, this feels so good. And yeah. again, it's like you said, it's like positive escapism or, or that kind of thing. So I, I'm like, okay, I got to read Wanderers. I, it's going to be insane reading about a pandemic and end times during what, a pandemic. Was it like a jacuzzi into a lake? <laughs> yes, dude. But then, but then something struck me uh, like a third of the way through. I was like, wait, this is bizarrely assuring and soothing because it, I had this sense like, like a lot of what Chuck wrote is going on. And people say that as well about Mallory and about other um, end time novel, end times novels. And it struck me that like this feeling of like, okay, wait a minute. If Chuck was able to predict this, right? Predict this. If we are able to imagine this, then we are probably also able to solve this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a sense of like, what's happening in the world is not so insane that Chuck Wendig, like a year before wrote almost like the same scenario, like literally almost the same scenario down to, um, the factions, the mask list, like, you know, you know, we're taking it seriously, not blah, blah, blah. Mallory, same thing. Other ones, the same thing. So in a roundabout way, Wanderers was almost more um, facing it head on. 
and realizing like, okay, we can solve this. This is not a surprise to us what's happening around now. It just sucks. Yeah. We can solve this. Yeah. Well, Josh, those are two great book recommendations and a lot of great advice. And what's it's good to see you we have gotten used to this virtual connection that's been important as well but uh good advice just to get through that first maybe difficult half hour of your creative session but then stay with it right that really is it yep. yeah I, I i'm really glad that we talked about that because i i need to take my own advice mm-hmm. and remember that for what i write next <laughs> josh it's been a pleasure thanks for joining us awesome thanks And that was Josh Mallerman, a world-famous author now, but a former Ferndale resident, Michigan, born and raised, uh, recently released in July the sequel to Bird Box, which is titled Mallory. We talked about a book that he serialized online on his website, Carpenter's Farm, released between March and May, chapter by chapter. And you can still read that now. It's up there on his website, free. We will link to it in the show notes. Great advice there, just about obviously acknowledging that it is a challenge to remain creative in such times, but um, hopefully you took away something good from this. We'll continue this series with plenty more folks to talk to. We appreciate you listening to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. My name is Jeff Milo. I'm the host of this show, and you could rate, review, and subscribe, or just tell a friend. Again, I'll say thanks for listening.